Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. Thank you for joining us for this sermon. You can find all of our sermons at holycommunion.net and our Facebook, YouTube, and podcast channels. Consider hitting like or subscribe. Consider sharing this sermon with others. It helps us to reach more people like you. We are so thankful to those who support our ministry. You can give today at holycommunion.net backslash give. Well, good morning and welcome. And it is a beautiful day and you all are a beautiful gathering and we will overcome Omicron. So I look forward to that. As I begin this morning, I have a special prayer, if you will bear with me. Jesus, I ask that by your transfigurative power, we also would be transformed into a more perfect relationship with you and those in our community. Amen. So as we come to the end of February and the annual celebration of Black History Month, I call to your attention that a celebration is a special, enjoyable event that people organize because something pleasant has happened or it can be in rec- it can be the praise and appreciation which is given to something because it is deemed important or significant. So this morning I find myself in a quandary. quandary. I want to raise the roof in recognition of all of the major, minor, known, or unknown accomplishments of people of color that have been accomplished and recognized, as well as those that are yet to be revealed. But as I look, read, and listen in the community, I know that racial tensions are on the rise, and the issue of black history still generates great controversy in many quarters of our community. Yes, we are not currently being chased and mauled and masked by dogs, beat for sport by the local police for simply being there, or having the fire department turn the hoses on us, people of color, as has been done in the past, but we are still wrestling with an unwillingness and an ability to tell the truth. Critical race theory in the schools, elected officials working in legislatures to stifle the truth by prohibiting selected topics and information to be discussed in classrooms, books being banned from school libraries. I've come to realize that today's tension does not just include race by definition, but also must include all at-risk populations. People with other skin color who are not considered black. People with different religious beliefs. People who speak a different language. People of different sexual orientation or gender. And this list by no means is all-inclusive. All of these tensions are a destructive force in our community. 
and must be addressed. And it's this tension that brings us back to our scripture this morning. Both Moses and Jesus went up on the mountain encountered God and something amazing occurred. Moses comes down from Mount Sinai with the tablets, unaware that his face is shining because he has been talking with God. Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Both Moses and Jesus went up the mountain, but upon their return, they had been changed or made to be something more than what they were before their ascent. They had been transfigured. Transfigured. What is this transfigured? To be transfigured is to be made into something more beautiful or to be elevated. Our world is made luminous and is transfigured by the presence of the Spirit of God in our lives. Moses and Jesus had special relationships with God. Let me, let me rephrase that. Moses and Jesus have special relationships with God. They were very special people to God and God treated them accordingly. But thanks be to God, we are all very special people to Jesus Christ. And Jesus gives us the opportunity not for transfiguration, but for transformation. Transformation into the likeness of Jesus Christ. We, each of us, can make the thorough and dramatic change in our approach in our life to how we live it. We can change how we think. We can change what we do. And I know that I'm not talking about our, our material lives. You know, here at Holy Communion, they're pretty, we live a pretty good material life. But I'm talking about the life that we live with Christ. Our spiritual lives. The process of transformation to live a life like Jesus Christ does not occur like the transfiguration of Moses and Jesus. It's not an overnight experience. Transformation is more of a lifelong process. Corinthian tells us through our, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day by God's Spirit. God is working in us and through us to transform us. God's Spirit works in us as we work toward our own salvation. And day by day, by receiving God's Spirit, we should become 
more like Christ. And John is stated to be like Jesus is not just to stop committing a few obvious sins like lying or cheating or gossiping or thinking impure thoughts. To be like Jesus is to always seek to do the will of the Father. To be like Jesus is to come to the place where we delight to do the will of God. However sacrificial, unpleasant, challenging, or disruptive it may be in our lives at that time. We are called to do what we would rather not do, but what is the will of God? Therein lies the beginning of the transformation process. You see, by definition, race and all of the other at-risk populations that I listed earlier operate under a socially constructed institution and agenda that results in structural and cultural violence. And unfortunately, more and more in physical violence. To be transformative in race relations, as well as all of the other risks at risk groups, our relationships must be changed, corrected, overhauled. We must practice two things that are very much like Christ, trust and respect. Reverend C.L. Franklin, Aretha Franklin's father probably put it best in the lyrics to his song. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord until I die. I'm going to treat everybody right. I'm going to stay on the battlefield. I'm going to stay on a bended knee. I'm going to watch, fight, and pray till I die. I'm going to trust in the Lord till I die. Even though our headlines and news reports locally and from around the world paint a different picture, I believe we still have the capacity for peaceful coexistence. And even in the greatest of disbelievers among us, I believe there is the spirit of God's creation, God's loving kindness, and God's generosity. So don't lose heart if the transformation you are seeking, hoping for, or waiting on doesn't happen right away. You see, transformation is not an overnight adventure. It's not like Jesus and Moses up on the mountain. Our transformation is a continuing and lifelong process. Let us remember, after God created everything else, including all other life, in paraphrasing Genesis chapter 1, God said, let us make humanity humanity in our image after our likeness 
And so God created all of us in God's own image. In the image of God, we are all created. Every one of us, all of us. That was the original plan of God, that we would be like God in many ways, that we would seek to do nothing but good. Spiritual transformation involves a fundamental change in our spiritual life. It entails the meaningful, deep changes within us as we are touched by the Holy Spirit and as we mature in our experience and expression and our expression as demonstrated by our faith. Our journey of having a transformed life began when we asked Jesus to come into our hearts, allowed the Holy Spirit to renew our mind by opening our spiritual eyes to the truth of the gospel. This is living a transformed life. Living a life as a sacrifice to God. This is a life of worship of God who has blessed and saved us. And remember above all else, God transforms us simply because God is God. God is grace and God has the power to do what God chooses to do. And one final thought, always remember that God is love. Amen.